The Big Shiny Robot Podcast is brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery. This is Tyson. This is John. This is Rebecca. This is Nick. This is still Tom. This is Lucas. And you're listening to the Big Shiny Robot Podcast. Hey, Wasatch Front listeners. It's time for another Big Shiny Robot Nerd Swap Meet, hosted by the Bohemian Brewery. Sunday, May 20th, 2018, from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m., you can come down to the Bohemian, check out 30 local vendors selling their used nerd items. You can also snag some beers and brats while you peruse the geeky wares. Again, that's the Big Shiny Robot Nerd Swap Meet at the Bohemian Brewery, Sunday, May 20th, 2 to 7 p.m. Put it on your calendars and come pick up some secondhand awesome. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna get the actual MP3 file and cut it. Perfect. <laughs> it's probably a lot easier. Yeah. Just gonna make it sound good. All right. So we've all seen Avengers. Uh, some of us have seen it twice Age of Ultron, or three right? times. Mm-hmm. Age of Ultron. We're Perfect. gonna talk about. Joss final film in the MCU franchise. Yeah, well, how do we feel about how Joss Whedon... Nah, fuck that, I don't want to talk about that. Even as a joke. <laughs> so, first I want to ask, like, how how's everybody holding up? Um, Pretty I mean, good. I was good. So, like, does my response... So, when I saw it on Tuesday, I messaged you all, like, LOL, um... <laughs> and we all screamed at you, no. Yeah, you, like, don't my, be that person. That was my only reaction. You was, bummed me out. I got stressed out <laughs> super stressed Good. out i've been waiting i mean literally this is like what 12 15 years 10, Ten years as far as the movies yeah. have been coming out that's a, <laughs> sorry. That's a long time i'm sorry I 18 you no i i text her all caps until she answered me. Like, is everything okay onslaught i'm like was it bad oh my god was it bad i don't want to know details but was it bad so and she's I, like calm down I should preface as we get into this. This will be spoilerific. Okay, so we are spoiling it this yes. episode. Okay, cool. Yeah, just because so so much of our favorite and everything. This movie. I want to also real quick, Tom. I wanted to talk about how awesome Marvel is at keeping the shit under wraps. I don't yeah. know if you guys have caught this, but most of the time their trailers. So for like Ragnarok, Thor had two eyes, and all the scenes that he actually only has one eye. And yeah. in this movie, the big scene in Wakanda had Iron Man and Hulk and everything. Yep. So they're. They're pretty good about well, giving the idea, but not spoiling it. Like, an, and how many Infinity Stones he had in the gauntlet. Exactly. And there was, I was watching a trailer where Peter Quill is jumping backwards into a portal and he's going boom, boom. boom. But for those who are listening at home, he's just holding a fist. But uh-huh. as I was watching, I'm like, oh, he's totally flipping him yeah. off. And then in the movie, he's like, boom. <laughs> Which was great. What did you want to say, Tom? Oh, uh, I was going to talk about the ending, but we can do it later. I just, you said how you asked how everyone was holding up. And I will say that I wasn't shocked with sadness. I was shocked that they fucking did it. Like mine was like, oh my God, they went like, they went full. The way I I describe it is I think now, especially after Star Wars, we're entering an era of franchise film where creators don't care about fan service anymore. And it's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that's a. That's a compliment. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. In the highest regard. Cause, because they care more about the storytelling than like, they do the money. And that's something that Kevin... Is it Feige. Kevin Feige. He'd said I was watching him talk with 
uh, Rotten Tomatoes about each phase. There's a video for your phase one, phase two, phase three. And he said that his favorite movies were in phase two, and his favorite movies in any series are always the one that's completely different. And his example was actually Friday the 13th. He's like, Jason has a hockey mask. He doesn't get that to the third movie. Like, yeah. When they do the weird stuff is the stuff that's memorable. Like, well, that's- Iron Man 3 is my favorite. Ragnarok is my favorite. And that's kind of where we're getting, at least with these OG characters. Well, and this is The Empire Strikes Back. Totally. I completely Marvel. agree. It's really, God, it was so good. And I, being comic book readers, we were all like, okay, so most of this, if not, will be undone, but it's so great. It was a comic book movie. But 100%. It was a comic yep. book crossover movie. And they went like, they just, they were unapologetic about it. Like, they did shit that you would not do in film. You would only do in a comic book. And they're like, yeah, totally. now we're going to do it. And I was like, yeah. this is fucking 10, cool. 10, 15 minutes in, two when major you, characters, dead. Yeah. Just well, and boom. you start a, 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 like a major adventure story arc with um, Iron Man and Spider-Man. And then you don't see them for like 25 minutes. Yeah. Because because it was so great because it was so episodic. It was like someone handed you like 15 issues of like this crossover comic book arc. And it was like reading those individual mm-hmm. I kept and like, I kept thinking yeah. about the Civil War comic books. Yeah. Because yeah. it felt like there were so many different stories happening at once and they all tied in together. And like maybe you didn't buy the crossover Spider-Man and then you buy it like six months later and yeah. suddenly you're like, oh, okay, that's what they're off doing. Like it's... <laughs> Oh. Um, because the question was, how are you feeling? Yeah, how, <laughs> we'll start with you, Dice. How well, are you feeling? Yeah, so that movie, uh, when Tiff and I walked out, I was, this is not an exaggeration, I, I was out of breath from that movie. <laughs> I mean, I was on the edge of my seat and just exhausted by the entire movie because yeah. from the very beginning to the very end, you get a brief second to catch your breath during the credits and then it hits you one last time before you walk out of the God. theater. And the whole thing is just it's exhausting in a good way because you need to start exercising <laughs> i mean aside from that but uh even during the credit scene like it was quiet yeah i saw it twice and both times during the credits nobody was talking yeah yeah there was there was a couple people like chatting about like what they thought was going to happen blah 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 but um yeah i think uh you know just jumping to the end and i know we'll, we'll come back to the beginning but you know as the heroes start to not exist spider-man's man like you're just sitting there you're holding your Too breath like dramatic. which fucking yeah. which which fucking oh like, really character that, is that gonna got disappear. me yeah like the it, spider-man one got me like because of his relationship with tony if he hadn't been around tony when he disappeared it probably wouldn't have gotten me as bad but I mean, he's for all intents and purposes tony's surrogate son see and was, i think i think for yeah. me it was events outside of the outside of this film that made me not care because like well, he's got a movie coming up, like it just didn't hit me. Because I'm like, well, I know he's got a he's got a movie coming up. Right, like, but I'm, I mean, that I'm can be said about literally every character that. But but you get what? Like for some reason, his didn't hit me. The one that actually hit me was the post credit scene. It was Maria Hill. Yeah, that one kind of mm-hmm. fucked me up because she like I was like, fuck, they legit could not bring Kobe Smolders back now, and I love Maria Hill, so I was kind of like, oh. During that post credit scene when Maria Hill started disappearing, I was like, well, fuck, what does this mean for Shield? Yeah, like what happens in all of the other shows? Yeah, that's so. I was wondering because um, Marvel. I was talking with Tyson about this last night. Marvel's always been really great. As we talk about the civilians on the street, I was very surprised during that third act that we didn't see New York and a bunch of people disappearing. Yeah. at the start of that, and I I turned to Danielle during the credits like ah, I was I was missing this. They did it at the start with the whole Doctor Strange bit. Oh god! And then sure enough, the that after credits scene... hit it, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. yeah, good job. And I'll save it for when we talk about like our favorite moments. But that scene when you first see that ship over in New York, God, Ugh, that whole yeah. scene. Well, that's what I want to talk about next. I mean, does anybody else have anything else to talk about with how they're feeling? John, how are you feeling? 
He's feeling great. <laughs> Sorry. I, like, did you, I, did dude, you I hate this movie too, Joe? What's that? Did you hate this movie too? No, no, I love oh, this okay. movie. I was not disappointed at all. I was very nervous So what were your feelings when you walked out of the... Yeah, like your theater. initial gut reaction. Like you turned to, I'm assuming your girlfriend is with you. No, I went, this was total whim. So I was, this is a long story. That's not what I'm talking <laughs> okay. I had a friend who was supposed to be coming to town. So I held off on buying tickets and then he ended up, he's changing jobs, couldn't come. So okay. then I like last minute bought one okay so found you, a single seat didn't tell anyone i was going because they're all gonna be mad and just went on thursday <laughs> so you nice. turn to the guy next to you at the end of the movie and you say what oh, i didn't didn't talk to anyone i was mad at my oh my god stopping so literal <laughs> mad, mad at the theater okay. what's the first thing I, you no, no. so here's the deal so i walked out of the movie i wasn't shocked by anything like i knew it was coming yeah i've read infinity war and all the other infinity titles like i wasn't shocked at all it's all going to be undone. I was just pleased, as you said, the episode, how they jumped from group of people to group to people so seamlessly and mm-hmm. tied the three stories together. I was happy with okay. it. I thought it was very well done. The other thing I really enjoyed was it's a Guardian scene. I felt like I was watching a Guardians movie. You jump to Spider-Man. I felt like I was watching a Spider-Man scene. You know, like even those... The Russo brothers, who didn't do any of these other films aside from Captain America, it felt very much like James Gunn. They integrated like the feelings of all of those movies into this single movie. I, I mm-hmm. totally agree. Because even it, like Thor Ragnarok, you know, Thor's attitude of how he came out of Ragnarok uh, is still intact, you know? And when he comes onto the battlefield in Wakanda, I full-on expected Immigrant Song to start playing. Right? Because like his whole entrance was so Ragnarok. And that was that was the most comic book moment, in my opinion, of the oh, whole fuck. thing. Because you had everything kind of slowly building together to this climax. And usually with these movies, they're great, but it feels like the time continuity is kind of weird, especially yeah. when you watch it a second time. You're like, okay, these flashes all happen within a 30-minute period, and this stuff's over like two days. Well, I feel honestly, like this like, was paced kudos really well. to the Russo brothers because they had so much to work with, and the yeah. pacing never felt rushed. Yep. It never felt slow. Mm-hmm. This, the moments that were kind of extra, like when Drax is standing there being invisible. <laughs> Could have done, done without it, Not but me. there didn't feel like there was a wasted moment. It yeah. was, I mean, it was a... It was a three-hour film that felt like an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. And usually, like for me, usually when a movie's over two hours, I feel it. Yeah. And this one, like when it was over, I was like, God, that was good. And then you got up and you were yelling and I looked at my watch or my phone and I was like, fuck, really? Like it's <laughs> I almost 11 watch. o'clock. I checked my watch like uh, there was like some sort of climactic thing happening around the middle of the movie and I checked my watch. I was like, oh, and I was like, there's still an hour and a half left of the movie. Yeah. I wasn't bummed out. I was excited. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I've still got well, 90 so minutes of this. During the, during the climactic part of it, it, the climax of it felt really flat for me. Um, so I was like, oh, if this is the climax of the movie, I'm disappointed. But then it's, I called it the reverse denouement, where everyone starts flying away. I was like, oh, this is where it's getting you. Yeah. <laughs> So um, let's move into our favorite parts then, since we're already kind of talking into some of what we want to do. And this time I want to start on your side, Tom. Okay. What was, to pick a favorite part of the movie, if you can distill it down. I don't know if I can distill it down to a favorite part. I can say or that- Or even, let's say, a I favorite loved, segment of the movie. I loved every moment that Rocket and Thor were together. Oh, I thought those so two were a wonderful team up. So great. I thought oh, like- Christ. Thor is yeah. just like- positivity through his <laughs> mourning 
just like, well, he's never fought me twice. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, buddy, you're so sad. Yeah, like, well, boil- Loki's been dead before. Yeah, he's, well, he's been dead before. It boils down to him being so, like, oh, I have nothing to lose. So that, um, I think my other favorite moment is actually, uh, I guess everyone knows this is a spoiler alert. I liked Thanos watching the sunrise. That was because good... you could argue that he's the hero of the movie. Well, that was yeah, it's and his movie. It was kind of a hit. I was like, oh my god, that's the like, best villains there. Yeah, like he did it. Like he, this guy fucking took this undertaking that arguably should be impossible and gave up everything mm-hmm. to do this for his beliefs. What did you want to add to that, John? Oh no, that's that's it. I think this that's... solved the Marvel problem. The Marvel the villains, villain problem. Yeah, this yep. was the ultimate. And that mm-hmm. scene is the exact ending of Infinity Gauntlet. Okay. Where he's like just this... like on the farm, you know, his job's done. With the scarecrow I'm not of his doing armor. this anymore. He's like, um, I got what I wanted. Yeah. This is yep, what just... I wanted. So can I ask a question about that scene? Because I have some theories, but I even the second watching, I wasn't 100% able to confirm what I think. If it's a theory, save it for our next okay. episode. Okay, I, I, I will. And that's something, too, I want to mention real quick. We're going to kind of just geek out and talk about our favorite stuff in this and what we thought worked well and not. Our next episode next week will be us diving into how our predictions panned out and what we think will happen yeah, next. Yeah, where do we go from here? For sure. Um, yeah, I love that stuff. And I felt like um, each character, I spent a lot of time, and I don't want to spend too much time now doing this, but thinking about every character had payoff. And the Russo brothers and whoever worked on the script did a great job with that. Even Rocket's bit. I know you didn't love the movie as much, but the the continuation from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and him being afraid to lose things, so he treats people poorly and pushes them away. Yeah, yeah. Him telling Thor in that scene I, you're talking I could about, lose a lot. I could lose a lot. I, 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 people I laughed, lot. but it wasn't a punchline. It was him being like, no, I've built everything up, to which yeah. he does lose it all. Yep, he loses group. Loses everything. in that. Just I don't know how so they fucking did it. Perfect. Like Jesus You know, it's Christ. like when you're reading a comic yeah. and they do a crossover and they bring in some other character and they don't get it quite right. It's close, but it's not there, you know? Totally, totally. And this just, they fucking nailed it. No Every character seemed out of character. No one seemed out of place. I mean, Which... I think my biggest fear, and I, I, I'd be safe to say probably everyone's biggest fear going into Infinity War was how do you juggle, like, what was there, like, 20-something heroes? Right, in all this? with, like, solid backstories yeah. developed. Like, how do you give them all equal screen time to yeah. feel like they belong? And they, and they like, I don't think anyone got shorted screen time. I don't, you know, it just, so I don't me, know how they did it. Like, before they, we get Jeremy to... Renner begs to differ. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've Rebecca, got a theory for him. I, I think Rebecca has something to say, though, that we keep talking over her on. Yeah, Rebecca, kick it in. Well, two things. Um... I felt putting, so Captain America, Falcon, and Black Widow, putting their characters in with all of these other characters, you notice just how fucking bland they are. Not They're not yeah. bland. Like, I love Captain America. I really like Black Widow. I really like Falcon. But compared to the Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor and everybody else, I was like, oh, you guys are like the straight-laced narcs of the group. <laughs> oh, totally. Um, second... There was so much dick measuring. I at one point was like, fuck, can we stop? Mm. Like, I get it. I Mm. get that this is supposed to be comedic and this is what these characters would do in this situation. But my God, was there so much dick measuring. I I would say that that was actually a weak point too. Like, I thought that the interaction between Tony and Strange early on was actually pretty bad. Like, it it didn't, even though, yeah, they might dick measure because they're both like super smart, fancy pants people. I was like, I honest to God, like, you, I think Tony Stark has gone through enough that after getting teleported to a sanctum by a dude, he might just be like... I he felt, might be a little bit more respectful. Yeah, I feel like, like that was maybe a little out of place, but the stuff with um, 
Star-Lord really needed to happen in that movie. Because yeah. it was yeah, kind of the yeah. big climax of his character and not ever really facing or dealing with shit and making quips and jokes. And then, right. you know, obviously where he fucks up the plan. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just, not Doctor like Strange's plan, but he fucks up the plan because my, of that. My cup runneth over with dick measuring. Yeah, and I, I could see that. Needed to needed to rein it in. Oh, I don't. So that is totally what would happen. You no, and I get it. I totally get that. That's what driven would happen. by ego. Yeah. You know. Well, <laughs> like, and that's Doctor Strange. Right. Yeah, he's an egomaniac. I I like him less as a person than any of the other characters. And they within comics, they've been building this for like two years. That has been a constant thing. Strange, enjoyed... Stark, jabbing at each other. Now, really, that's been going on for the, since Secret Wars ended. Hmm. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed Doctor Strange in this. I didn't mm-hmm. like him in his own movie, but the version of himself that he played in Infinity War, really liked him. Well, that yeah, was, was this was great. his moment. Mm-hmm. As I said, you know, he is the main for characters that they actually have. I mean, I imagine we'll get to that, but sure. sorry. <laughs> I no. broke, broke so, code. Okay, there. so we spent a bunch of time talking about all this. Yeah. That was off Tom's favorite. So I want to just try to rein it in a little bit. Yeah. John, I want to hear about your favorite theme or whatever your favorite thing from this movie i mean really this is gonna be super weird but my couple things i love peter dinklage playing a dwarf he was that's a giant awesome. yeah. he's the big one this can time can you imagine how was... stoked he was when he got handed the script for this thing he's, he's like big one. wait i'm a dwarf but i'm taller than everybody <laughs> you might die i love that that's at the top of your me. list yeah no and then the other thing uh Similar to when I watched the first Avengers and they did like the power fusion of the shield mm-hmm. and Iron Man's mm-hmm. blasters. Uh, Winter Soldier picking up rockets. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, that just made my heart. What I love and then he asks him how much, is, how much for his gun. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to get that arm. Yeah. What I love about that moment is Bucky has seen a lot of weird shit, but Rocket Raccoon is probably the weirdest thing he's ever seen. And yeah. he's like, I don't have time for this right now. <laughs> and of all the weapons in Wakanda, he gets an AR-15. Right. I just imagine T'Challa yeah. is like, well, we have all of these weapons that you can choose from. He's like, this gun is my gun. There are many like many it, like- but this one is mine. <laughs> Some vibranium bullets, yeah. you know? Well, how about how chill Rocket is with just getting picked up by Winter Soldier and spun around like he's just used to it. He's like, yeah, let's fucking go. Uh, and then that was great. Groot, when they're making... Stormbreaker. Mm-hmm. Oh. Just like, oh, fuck. Here's my own. Put the game down for a minute. <laughs> That's where he has apathy I, ended. I thought this was the best Groot because they didn't keep going, yo, dog, Groot's cool. Like, I, that was my, it was my favorite Groot because he wasn't like all up in my business. Like, look how cute baby Groot is. Yeah. I was like, nah, he's just here when he needs to be. And that's much more how I like my Groot. That's and how you like to be. Tied into loop. that, yeah. the uh, one line of, Thor being able to speak Groot because he yeah. took it as an elected. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, like, wait, you speak Groot? We're it, just, was it was like the most basic <laughs> tying the plot together. But like, also, how are we going to make this work? And, and I didn't bat an eye at it. I was like, yeah, it makes sense. And it's not that it's like a very meaningful conversation. It's, well, empty the cup and then pee in it again. Yeah. <laughs> you speak Groot? <laughs> the whole bit with the... Uh, the characters interacting with Groot was the best. Like Captain America. He's like, I am Groot. Like, oh, I'm Steve Rogers. I'm <laughs> this big fight. And then, <laughs> fuck, Steve, I am Steve Rogers. So heartfelt. <laughs> yeah. The big one. Yeah. It was perfect. <laughs> the one I talked about immediately after walking on the movie and talking to my roommates who had also seen it. Um, 
was bringing Hugo Weaving back. That was oh such my a God. shock. Like, I, I hadn't I seen... That wasn't him, that actually. Wasn't, oh, it wasn't him. him. No. It didn't... Red Skull, yeah. sorry. Yeah. It was yeah. a dude doing an interview, uh, yeah. which is amazing. I had completely, like, a... like, forgotten how Captain America ended. Yeah. The well, original... You I know, rewatched like, it last I night. It didn't even... I hadn't forgotten, but it was like... It was... I remember when Captain America ended all the theories of, like, no, no, no. Red Skull didn't disintegrate. He got teleported somewhere. Yeah. And everyone was so sure of that, and there's never been any payoff of it. And... For what, eight years? Well, and, and to tie back to that, <laughs> so I rewatched I the first completely. Avenger yesterday because I was like, man, I want to see this. And like that entire scene was so much fucking better. Cool. Knowing this, because I was like, oh my God. Like my brain never registered. Like I just thought, oh, the stone or the thing, the Tesseract killed him or got rid of him. It did something with him. Who gives a fuck? He's floating in space. And then yesterday I was like, <gasps> Next question was, when did Red Skull become a Dementor? <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. Um, so we're gonna see the new uh, magical beasts, actually. Mm. Mm. Lucas, what was? Oh, you want to go Tyson? Yeah, we'll go Tyson, then come back to me after Rebecca. Um, I think my favorite segment was uh, when all of the heroes that were on Titan were fighting Thanos, uh, trying to get his glove when they came up with the plan. Uh, I, you know, I've been a sucker for these uh, segments in both the first two Avengers films where they kind of do like that single shot of all the heroes coming together to fight, you know, and this was kind of like this movie's version of it. And plus you've got Spider-Man, Star-Lord, Iron Man, um, Drax, uh, Mantis, like all of them playing their part. And it's this, they don't know each other. Like, you know, they, they've known each other for all of like a couple hours. They know they're on the same side and they come together like with the magic kick <laughs> like magic <Yeah>. again <laughs> you know like it was it was so great and every hero played their part all the way up until quill fucked it up and i even like even like that part was super goddamn frustrating to me and but i think that's how it was supposed to play like okay. i don't think cuz i didn't feel sympathy for quill i was like you goddamn idiot you know because he fucked it all up for a reason that he shouldn't have because Gamora was telling him to kill her himself right. early on. And so, and he took so long to do it that that's why he wasn't able to do it. Yeah. And, 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 and mention, like, like we're going to have to fight Thanos in 30 seconds after we get this glove, yeah. channel that rage in 30 seconds yeah. for now. Just chill. Yeah. Which so, is what Tony was telling him, you know? So yeah. cause he's still Thanos. He's still not, yeah, be like, he's not a pushover. Done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, he beat the shit out of Hulk with one stone, and he didn't use the stone. Yeah, to he fight didn't Hulk. even need the stone. Yeah. yeah. So you know, and you know, Peter, poor Peter. You know, he's almost got that glove off, and I mean, like you can see, like oh, the bottom of Thanos's hand. It was that was so a butt close. puncher of a moment. Um, <laughs> so, did anybody find themselves wondering, uh, at least for me, after the second screening, why Strange didn't just cut his hand off using his time portal magic? There's a. That's the thing about. There's a lot of why didn't this? Why didn't that? throughout the entire cinematic universe. And so I feel like you can't ask those questions. I mean, I can't. I mean, uh, but I guess it maybe like, it wasn't the one way they actually won or something. I, but to me, it I feels was just like, like then they would have to show a scene of him trying that and Thanos countering it. Then they have to do it with everything, you know? Uh, Thanos has the Mind Stone, which gives you cosmic awareness, which they don't really go into. But aside from Mantis putting her <laughs> under... He, did, he didn't he, have the Mind Stone until he got to Earth. He got the Mind Stone last. Because he was on a yeah. vision oh, quest. Oh, right, right. <laughs> With the nice. ant lady. Okay, Rebecca, your favorite thing. Um, That tracking shot from when they're leaving the sanctum in New York and Tony goes out to the streets of New York and there's just chaos in the streets of New York and you look up. It, I loved that shot because I mm. felt like I was there. 
Like, mm. I don't know what's going on. Tony doesn't know what's going on. I'm encountering it. It was pretty horrific. There. Like, it was, yeah, it was horrific. It was, yeah. I think it's a very technical part of the movie, but I think it was like my favorite. Well, Lucas and I, I were discussing way. this last night too about that specific scene is, again, just like some of like the minor details yeah. that differentiates the MCU from the DCU is that Tony goes out there and they're like, what the fuck is going on, mm-hmm. right? And some lady gets mowed over by running past, like, pass her by, and he helps her, her, by, yeah. and he helps her yeah. up, and then tell, like, gets two guys' attention, like, hey, get her out of here. Yeah. You know, like, they're, it was, they're it cognizant. It was Bruce and the... Uh... Bruce and Wong, oh, yeah. Yeah. Bruce and Wong. to the car. But, like, you know, they, they're cognizant of, you know, our job is to protect these people, not just, like, right. we get to fight people, yeah. you know? Unlike... And- Bruce Wayne at the beginning of Batman versus right. Superman. <laughs> but also, um, just the fact that they were able to sew in um, humor in every possible moment. Which yeah. we really needed. Which in this we really movie. needed because that movie was exhausting. I was yeah. holding my breath and at the edge of my seat the whole time. And the fact that Bruce is like, oh, you guys are screwed now. Like, yeah. oh, thank God. And then when. Scarlet Witch throws that girl into the wheel of death or whatever. Yeah. And um, Black Widow's like, oh, that was gross. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so great. Just little little bits of humor here and there that were. Oh, we oh and, and when um, Thanos shows up and Steve is like, okay, I guess we're fighting this guy now. Like, Steve just never quitting. Yep. You know, always like, all right, always fighting the bad guys. This one now. Man. I loved that moment though, where he's making eye contact with Thanos, and Thanos is like, "Fuck!" Like this guy's actually holding up. The and part, then he just drops the part him. where oh. Thanos is fighting Tony, and Tony cuts him a little bit. And my first thought was, "Nobody makes me bleed my own blood." <laughs> I the same thing. I thought the same. Thing. I liked his line though. Was it all that work for just a little blood? Yeah, yeah. for, a, for a single line. drop of blood. Yeah. I was yeah. like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. Lucas, what was uh, what was your favorite part? So uh, I think for me. I talked about this a little bit earlier, but my favorite thing is the character payoffs that we got in this movie, especially there's there are sequences that had a lot of weight just in Infinity War by itself. But when you go back and look at the characters before this leading up to it, for instance, I mean, the most obvious being Tony Stark, you know, in Age of Ultron, his his fear that he had gotten from Scarlet Witch was that everyone had died and he was the one that was left. He didn't get to die and it was his fault. Mm-hmm. That happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just him and Nebula on uh, Titan. The yep. same with like Peter Parker. All he wants is this, you know, to do the best he can and the, you know, kind of the approval of this father figure. And if you watch everything he does in Infinity War, he's trying to be friendly with everybody. He tries to introduce himself to Doctor Strange's cape, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> he's saving everybody and saying, I'm sorry, I don't remember your names, you know. Yeah. I'm sorry, I feel better to remember everyone's Which name. his death being very similar to like Ultimate Spider-Man, like that, right. that hurt. That yeah. fucking hurt. Yeah. Especially being that he was one of the only characters that would have seen it coming with the spider sense. Yeah. Feeling like this is wrong. Something really that's, bad's happening. And that's what I got too is, you know, when he's like, I, I don't feel, he was like the only one that was like, acknowledged something was happening. To oh, him the before. fact him that you explain that, that makes that scene more important to oh, really? me. Because mm-hmm. the fact that he was like, oh, I don't feel so good. I was like, fucking drama queen. <laughs> like nobody else was acting this way. But the fact that you mention it's part of his like spider, spider sense. sense yeah that he, makes it more the meaningful. force you know there's yeah. a disturbance in the force yeah, yeah. That's, that's what i got was that you know he felt it coming because of his spider sense mm. well and oh, then the payoff too a little bit that that's that's the hug he gets from tony stark is while he's dying yeah whereas in homecoming just the joke of like oh you know well and not I'm only that like tony was wrecked 
Like he was absolutely, I mean, he was wrecked as he was watching everyone else disappear. And that, but then to see Peter, which he calls out in homecoming, like if you died, what would I do? Yeah, like that's exactly. why I'm taking your suit from you. Yeah. More character payoff in this big yeah. crossover, which in the context of the movie itself was cool. But with the weight of everything else, they did a great job of making this movie feel important. Totally it, agree. I have a, never, it's a thought for next time. Um, yeah. Keep track of all these thoughts. Cause I want to talk about it in this next. And the same with like, uh, Star Lord's character arc, you know, he's funny. Like he's great for comedic relief, but he's not a guy I'd want to hang out with or have to rely on for anything. Like that guy's the most emotionally broken dude on the planet, right? Yeah. And yeah. that pays off in a terrible way for everyone else. And and that's the thing. Like again, I go back to that. That part sucked, but it was it had to happen, and you yeah. saw it coming. I mean, mm-hmm. a mile away. Because the second Gamora dies, you're like this is going to fuck Peter up in some way. And all the quips and all the jokes that he's made up until this point, like, and I thought that was great acting uh, on behalf of Chris Pratt to like, like something switched in, Mm -hmm. in Peter Quill. Like he was, he was not fucking around anymore. This wasn't a fun space adventure. Like, well, I think they killed one of the few people that he's bonded with. Not to go too far down the like social justice stuff. Cause I think it gets obnoxious, but it's the whole toxic masculinity. You can be fucking funny and sarcastic, or you can be angry. Yeah, you can't well, be anything in between. And tie, kind of tying into that, um, his line: "Did we just lose?" He's not used to losing, right? Yeah. So the fact he's like, "What just happened?" Yeah, like that. I yeah. really liked the way he delivered that line. And it was and his even plan. As, it was his plan that failed too. Yeah. And yeah. even as much as he like, you know, loved Gamora and was attached to her, when it got brought up, like, "Oh, so are you with her?" He's like, "No, I'm just. I prefer to call myself a long term booty call in that whole joke." Mm-hmm. Like, but the, I mean, and he called her his girl, and that's his that's his character, which is great. He doesn't make connections because yeah, because of his mom, mom and right. yeah, which all makes sense. But that's that's those character things are what's important. The good ones, yeah. the and good the character behaviors, and the bad behaviors. Yeah. So. I want to move into because we already run a little long. Yeah. Um, it's Infinity War, which is totally cool. <laughs> this is the um, Infinity episode, but uh, we all tried to avoid spoilers. I think for the most part, mm-hmm. what really surprised you? I want to start with you, Tom. But what was like the one thing that maybe there's a couple of the one thing that hit and you're like, "Holy shit!" I was not expecting this. The way they just snap the fingers and half the people disappear. I, I nothing in my head ever thought that would happen. So, I I just feel like. It puts us in a position of how, like I, I spent the last two days going, what can I even think about to expect from part two of this? Like how, where, like they wrote, I just and the and the characters they chose, like Scarlet Witch, Black Panther, yeah, like just who they chose to get rid of. I was like, these are some of the favorite. The favorites, like I'm excited to talk with you about these next episode. So that's what shocked me was. (laughs) who they chose and how it wasn't like it was it was climactic but it wasn't like these big dramatic scenes it was like no you're just fucking dust and that like to me that was just like they just did it and mm-hmm. that that was the most shocking to, part for me like piggyback off of that when he did i never in a thousand years thought that he was going to get all of the infinity stones and so yeah, when he either. did snap his fingers it took me a couple seconds and then i shouted oh shit because <laughs> that's like the yeah. thing yeah. yeah it took me a few seconds to actually realize what was happening yeah yep. And in a way, you could say that like Thor hitting him in the chest was like like a stupid plot device. But why? That's that's how Thor would kill him because Thor is getting vengeance, and that's he's got that's Thor's character. He has to stand over him and be like, "I fucking got you." Yeah. Well, and yeah. part of it too is like if you're gonna 
hit this big dude, you're not going to aim for his head if you don't want to miss. Yeah, yeah or his arm. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Like, how, how do you kill somebody? Area. You bury an axe in their chest. Yeah. Like, like, it wasn't a it, bad plan. Yeah, but, but <laughs> well, you back threw to, it from like you know 300 yeah. yards. And, up. and back to Lucas's payoff point, I feel like they paid off Thor's character there as this is how Thor wins big battles by gloating. Like, think of everything Thor's ever done when he's hanging upside down in the lava kingdom and he's like, are you done yet? And then he decides to leave. Like, mm-hmm. Thor is always winning, right? And so, of course, he's not going to go for the quick kill. He's going to finish this guy in a grandiose fashion mm-hmm. like Thor would. I just, oh, Because he's already in fashion. Yeah. You're up, my friend. What surprised you? Uh, I mean, it was more all the snapping, all that. Like, I was expecting that. It's more what they did with Changing what I was expecting that threw me off. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to the Red Skull being on that Soul was World, great. yeah, um, bringing in Stormbringer, Thor's new. Axe. That was awesome. That's a bit much. And just <laughs> from the comic side, like <laughs> I know what that weapon is. I know what yes. it does to Thor. I'm like, holy shit, they're bringing this in. What is that going to mean for any future Thor movies? Because that weapon drives him pretty insane within comic book storyline. Interesting. He starts murdering. Wow. So just small things like that where I was like, holy shit, what are they doing? And then it seems like they really boosted Wanda's powers, which I've been wondering about this whole time. And then so like we got the first. That's, that's awesome. what I want to talk about. So awesome. That's what I want to talk about in the next episode yeah. because I have a lot of thoughts about that and a yeah. lot of hopes. I do yeah, wish I think that's they a good would point. have put more emphasis on her and Vision's relationship. Agreed. See, that's something else back to my favorite thing. Other little character payoffs. Like I talked to Tyson about this last night when um, I think it's Black Widow's telling Vision and Scarlet Witch like, hey, why you, you were supposed to keep tabs with us. And she said, well, I just wanted a little more time. I and caught Steve's that watching the second him. time. Yeah, and Steve's watching them and he gets a look on his face like, I fucking get that. And then the yeah. rest of the movie is him trying to give Vision and Scarlet Witch more time. I don't <gasps> trade lives. Oh, my yeah. heart. Yeah. Oh. That's- God, because I didn't catch off. I didn't catch her line of we just wanted some time until the second viewing. And I was like, oh, that makes more sense because yeah. I was talking to Andrew about it. And I was like, that was the one thing I do wish I had more of was more of Vision and Scarlet's relationship. And he's like, oh, I thought they did a killer job with that. I mm-hmm. thought so, too. Yeah. yeah. Like I thought because, again, I felt like all threads, arcs, characters got equal time and great time enough to. And I really felt like in that. You know, that scene where, you know, uh, Vision and Scarlet, you know, they wake up in that bed together and they walk to the train station and stuff together. Like, I thought that was like a good amount to establish their relationship, establish that they legitimately have a ton of love for each other. They are going against, you know, they're on opposite sides of civil war. They kind of have a Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, like a Romeo and Juliet thing. And I thought that established it well without, you know the fear on some of these movies is that an unnecessary unnecessary love story you know weighing everything down theirs felt very necessary and, and i thought they established it and spent as much time as they absolutely needed and i think that like so there's a part where when vision first talks about just kill the stone kill me right and um mark ruffalo goes into this whole speech about how like no you were part me you were part tony you were part ultron mm-hmm. and he talks about that and i thought that was a really cool link to when he's kind of trying to explain to her that he really cares about her and this two years has been really wonderful and he like kind of trips up and gets all stuttery like oh. by yeah. all arguments he should just be a machine he should just be able to say what he's I thinking that yeah and it, was, it was very bruce banner moment yeah exactly it was just it was i thought that was very human it was very humanizing is that the word yeah. like yeah, it, it yeah, just yeah. it made me go like oh vision's like a person and he's I thought, evolving well, yeah now. Something I want to add to the weight of what you were saying, uh, Tyson, with uh, their relationship. So, like, Loki gives up his stone to save Thor, you know? 
uh, Gamora gives up the stone to save her sister Nebula and so on and so forth. Everyone gives it up to save someone else. Mm-hmm. Whereas Vision gets sacrificed by the love of his life so that the stone will get to Thanos. Yeah. Really, they were the only ones to stop yeah. Yeah. the train. And it still didn't matter. Yeah. That, um, if I'm going to skip over YouTube to my yeah, do your shocking. Yeah. Um, when Wanda does destroy the Mind Stone, I thought back to when I saw Glorious Bastards for the first time and they kill Hitler. I'm like, oh yeah, we got him. And I'm like, oh, that's not real life. So, but she destroys the stone and I'm like, oh, cool. We did it. The We're end. Safe, yeah. Like, and then uh, Thanos rewinds time because that slipped my mind that Mine that was too. A, a possibility. I was like, oh, fuck, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, and, and, and the so, Russo brothers are like, oh, shit. Yeah. And what's interesting about you. that, so Scott says something to me as we were walking in that theater. He's like, I don't know, man. Like, they've got this time stone and they kind of like just gave themselves this easy out. And they did, but I didn't consider the easy out at all. And oh, Thanos totally. was like, nah, dog, hold on a minute. Doot, doot, doot. <laughs> I got this. Like, it was good. I guess I just, I was impressed. Like, that I forgot that he actually could just rewind time. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yep. Tyson, you're up. Um, what are we doing? Uh, most surprising. <laughs> like, the moment so, that surprised you the most. So there, like I would say, not the single moment, but the thing about the whole movie that surprised me the most is just how hard they lost. Like yeah. all the time. Um, I mean, going into this movie, I figured there was going to be some losses. But they don't ever win. I mean, no. they, they get some small victories that are essentially end up being inconsequential, like Thor getting Stormbringer, right? That's a victory because he gets his, you know, this new powerful weapon that can hopefully fight Thanos and everything. But for all the good it does, you yeah. know, I mean, they lose hard on every single front in that movie. And, yeah. and to me, that really shocked me. And like, and I think um, Loki's death didn't necessarily shock me because I think He's died three times. Well, times he's now. died, and like also, I, I kind of it was. Did it not shock you though? How like his death wasn't that grandiose? No, it was. It was like, just. He just it was, died. You no, know, he was. He was stepped on like an ant. Which he died I thought doing was, what he loved, which trying was, to stab people. Yeah, <laughs> which is like I thought was like kind of in a weird way, like a great exit for Loki because through all of this and everything that he's been through, all the backstabbing and the alliances and the enemies and everything like that, he gets picked up by Thanos and choked. And that's it. And that's the end of it. When he stabs Heimdall, I was like, oh, fuck, it's like Deathly Hollows and Hedwig's death all over again. (laughs) I mean, um, but I think the death that, the single death that probably shocked me the most was Gamora's. Okay, that was a rough scene. I I didn't see that coming. And we'll get into this next episode, but I have a theory about who may and may not come back. Mm. And I have a feeling Gamora is just... She's gone. Like, yeah, that's I, it for her. Which I mean, is, it fits as far as the. Oh, hard disagree. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's fine. I got we'll some get big reasons it. why. But um, you know, there's a, there's a rotating roster in Guardians of the Galaxy Galaxy uh, historically, and that would open up a spot for them to bring in someone new. But her death, I think her death probably caught me the most off guard. And, and I think. I feel like there's so much more depth to this movie than you'd think because as you guys are saying stuff, like my brain is thinking of things that like shock me Same. and like her, like you fucking failed. You don't love anybody. And Red Skull being like, oh girl, he cries for you. I, yeah. you're like, <laughs> she, she doesn't started. understand. Which is so funny because the minute he's like, you know, a soul for a soul, I was like, if in Thanos' brain, I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, bing. Like, she's dead. She's, there she mm-hmm. goes. Yeah. yeah. But, but just that her character has so much anger towards Thanos, rightfully so, that she never understood that in a crazy abusive Stockholm syndrome way, he legitimately loved her. Yeah, and oh. they they do a really good job at 
giving you empathy for this villain. Yep. He's the he's the protagonist. Oh my god, yeah. when he the puts whole movie. His, when he puts his hand on Scarlet Witch's head and is like little one. A little like yeah. I understand more than you know, or this day this day extracts a large toll or something. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. He was doing it for and, the universe. And I gotta say, he was sacrificing mind, half yeah. to save the universe. Josh, he's the good guy. He's Josh Brolin and um who plays Gamora again? Sorry. Zoe Saldana. Uh, they holy shit. The acting in them in the movie from the two of them because they had to establish, like, I mean, Gamora's story arc through the first guardian, the first two guardians, is fuck this guy. He fucked me up. He kidnapped me. He stole my life. He tortured he, my sister in yeah, front of me. Yeah, tortured my sister. But then in that first scene where she thinks she killed him, oh my god, she like, starts crying. She's in hysterics, and yeah. but it was just like, like I'm getting chills just talking about. Like yeah. she, she's like the acting between the two of them to establish that, like. No, there actually is like a legitimate relationship between the two of them, no matter how fucked up it started, no matter how fucked up it's been. You can call it yeah. Stockholm Syndrome. You can call it whatever you want. I, she... I think it's recognizing that like you are who you are because of this person, whether they're the best parent on earth or the or worst. The worst. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is yeah, what like... does Thanos say yeah. to her? Like, yeah. like he goes through yeah. like and lists like all the things. But I never. But I never taught you to lie. lie. I you thought know? the the best. That's why you're line, so bad at it. <laughs> the best line with all that is when you thought. It was built that Thor was going to be angry that she was Thanos' daughter. And he was like, oh, yeah, God. families like, are complicated. <laughs> and stuff. Which it was kind of a joke, but it was like, yeah, it, I families get it. fucking I get suck. it. Families yeah. are rough. Um, you're surprising. Um, I had prepared myself somewhat for like deaths. And I'd even had a couple things spoiled a little bit. But I don't think I was prepared for the weight of it. Because mm, that no. was the most surprising thing for me after. Because watching it the second time... Right when the stuff happens with the Winter Soldier, from then on, there's no sound, uh, there's no music. The only oh, sound you're getting yikes. is the the wind through the trees, blowing them away. Yep. Like, yeah, and that I think the weight of that, I was very surprised at how, because you, you know you watch these things and you can predict some, and you're like, okay, well, this is definitely we'll talk predictions, but nothing lasts in comics. People don't die, die. Well, still, it was, but like, still, fuck, yeah. I feel. I mean, as of right now, like miserable. for all intents and purposes, they're gone. And, and in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as it stands right now. These characters no longer. And exist. the most heartbreaking thing that surprised me too, oh, we can get into it, but the it wasn't like he snapped his fingers and they never existed. It's that yeah. they existed to that point and, and now are stopped. gone. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like no more mutants. Right? It wasn't it like was, yeah, who's yeah. Peter Parker? Like, it was like yeah. no, where does Peter? So Parker? like when he like holocausted half of Gamora's planet, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't that they didn't exist and they just lived up to that point and then they didn't and Thanos acknowledges that constantly throughout the movie he's never like no this isn't a painful thing just suck it up he acknowledges a bunch of times like yeah it's it's the price we have to pay to survive but it I get and what does he say he's like I'm the only one willing to do it I'm the only one willing to do it like he's a martyr right he's a martyr murdering people oh he's such a he's such a good psycho (laughs) he probably has secret buried gold somewhere again like the little detail like when he uh, when he's interacting with little Gamora right and he's about to just literally wipe out half her planet's population, talking. including her mom. And he's talking to her to distract her. And then she goes to look and he turns her no, head no, back to no, him no, like, no. no, 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 focus on me. I was like, this villain is fucking amazing. Like, yeah. because there were instances where it's like, oh, well, I mean, he really cares for this little girl that he just abducted. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but it, and oh, man, I just, he, yeah, okay. this was Thanos' movie for sure. Yeah. Okay, I want to call it. So we're going to come back in a week okay. and we're going to talk about what we got right and what we think will happen in the future. So Holla. thanks for hopping in. This episode has been brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery, located at 94 East Fort Union Boulevard in Midvale, Utah. Please make sure to like and rate us on iTunes.